we're going to get started on something very serious here. We're going to actually be talking about some parables from the Bible. So I think it's only fair then maybe we start with something that isn't serious. And I brought you an Easter joke. All right. Well, you know me. How serious could it be, right? All right. What is Easter? A kindergarten class is learning about holidays and being quizzed by their kindergarten teacher. She asks, what is Easter? The first child offers up a guess. Oh, that's easy. It's the holiday where everyone gets together, eats way too much, and we're thankful and stuff. Uh, no, dear, that's Thanksgiving, replies the teacher. A second child puts up her hand. Easter is the holiday in December when we put up a nice tree, exchange presents, and wait for Santa. Well, no, that's, not, that's Christmas, but you're getting closer. Any other ideas? A third child has a go at it. Easter is the church holiday in the spring. Jesus and his disciples were eating their last dinner, and then the Romans took him to be killed. He was buried in a cave, which was sealed off by a big rock. Well, now the teacher is beaming, because this is fairly accurate. But then the third child continues. Every year, the boulder is moved aside so that Jesus can come out. And if he sees his shadow, there will be six more weeks of winter. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, Easter is kind of that change of the season sort of activity. And in fact, and in fact, that's really kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Because Jesus was a huge change. 2,000 years ago, as Reverend Sharon was mentioning, he was really quite the rabble rouser. He was the one that had friends that no one else would have. He was the one that healed the sick that would otherwise be untouchable. He was the one that dared to say new ideas and new thoughts, even in the temple itself. And for that, he had a lot of grief. As uh, Sharon read the parable of the wine and the wineskins that we're going to be covering today, that was his, perhaps at the time, somewhat glib but educational answer to the question, why are you so different? Why are you so new? Why are you sticking out and standing out away from the crowd? That was his answer, and we're, we're going to talk about it in, in some detail. But first, I want to kind of recap how we look at the parables in the Bible. Because it's, it's a little bit different, maybe, than when you were raised. In, in your, your church of origin, maybe, the parables may have taken on kind of a literal meaning. And that's one of the meanings that we talk about here. And in fact, we'll cover it first. So what is the literal meaning of this particular parable of the wineskins? Well, first of all, let's, let's cast our minds back to 2,000 years ago. Surely there's someone out here who can remember 2,000 years ago, right? Um, things were very different then, and wine was not in bottles. In fact, the idea of manufactured glass had not even been created yet. And so although rich people might have had wine stored in earthen jars, most people actually had wine, both created in the process of fermenting, as well as stored in actual animal skins and even animal organs. Now, this, of course, in today's world might sound a little um, funky, but it actually was a good thing, because water back then also was not particularly purified. And so in those days, it was actually a great courtesy, a great gift, to offer someone a drink from your water bottle, you know, meaning one of these animal skins, because among other things, in addition to quenching your thirst, it also would have been sanitary. The actual act of fermentation and creating the alcohol, and it would have killed anything in there that might have been harmful. So, so back then... 
Wine was stored in wineskins. And the parable on the literal plane is very interesting because it points out something of a very practical nature. Wine in those days had that ability of continuing its fermentation process. And so it expanded as the fermentation increased. And if you would have had it in an old wineskin, meaning an older inflexible one, literally it would have burst as the fermentation process increased and, and, and concluded, and you would have ended up with just a mess. <laughs> so in a very literal sense, you would never put new wine in an old wineskin. You would need to put it in a new wineskin. It being flexible, it still having some life left in it because it would have recently come from the animal. Okay, all right. So much for the grisly storage habits of 2,000 years ago. Now in religious science, often then we'll go on to talk about the parables in another light, the metaphysical side of things. And here you also need to know just a little bit more about wine. And, and being someone who's been in a 12-step program for 20 years, you'll have to pardon me, but it actually it's important. So the other thing about wine is in those days, there really wasn't an awareness of how the process of fermentation even worked. And because of that, wine had almost a mystical, almost a magical quality to it. Because here, you could take something like sweetened grape juice and through nothing other than, than putting it inside an animal hide and waiting six months, you would have something completely different. Something that was now safe to drink, something that would kind of enlighten, enlighten the party, so to speak. Something that seemed magical something that seemed uh, almost impossible that this substance could have that process going on in it. And because of that, in fact, to this day, we often talk about alcoholic beverages as spirits, right? Because the thought was there was something of the divine spirit in them that could cause this process to occur. All right. So when we go on to the metaphysical interpretation of Jesus' parable, we are the wine. We are that which has within us that ability to transcend our ordinary lives and reach up for something more. It's as though right within us is the same transformative capability. Right within us is the same ability to reach a little higher, to be that bridge between the human and the divine. It is within us the same characteristic that the wine had to quicken, to become more bold, to become more enlivened, to come forth with new ideas, new ways of thinking, a sort of a spiritual evolution is our indeed our birthright. Now this parable I chose in particular for today because it also has that foreshadowing of Jesus' death and resurrection. He too was like the wine in that that old form dropped away. No longer just grape juice, right? In a hide, something transformed, something wonderful. And I think the parable is particularly of interest to us as, as a kind of a living parable because in each one of us, too, is this same ability for something better to come about. Now, we don't have to end up dying for this. We don't have to go through that ultimate process that Jesus went through. But each one of us has that same capability of transformation, rebirth, if you like, through this quickening process of our own lives, of our own thoughts, 
of our own ideas. So I mentioned that I was in a 12-step a program, uh, been uh, sober now for 20 years, thank you. And uh, one, of the, one of the first things that I learned from my sponsor 20 years ago was to be careful of people, places, and things. And if any of you are in a... T- well, all right, give me a minute here, all right. Um, and the idea was, you know, Larry, if you go out with this honest-to-goodness idea that you're not going to drink anymore... And you hang out, right? In the same places, in the same people doing the same things. What's going to happen? Your next drink is probably about 20 minutes away, right? As I head for a bar or as I hang out with friends that are still drinking, right? People, places, and things. For me, that was the old wineskin that I simply had to give up. If I would have gone with this idea of sobriety, if I had gone with this idea of remaking my entire life into something more beautiful, something more positive, and all I did was just have that thought and did nothing about it, I would not be here today, I assure you. My life has been transformed, even as the wine is transformed, and yet there was a price I had to pay. There was a price I did have to give up that old wineskin. A part of me had to die even as Jesus died. A part of all of us, I think, needs to be allowed to pass away in order for something truly beautiful, something new, something gracious, something wonderful to be born. And to me, that is the essence of the parable of of the new and old wineskins. Now I ask you, Is it likely, if you want to make a fundamental change in your life, whatever it might be, is it likely that you can do so solely as a wish, solely as a want? Now, certainly that is where it starts. Surely that is where it starts, just with a gem of an idea of wanting something better, wanting something different, wanting a second chance. But if we do nothing, if we keep everything the same, what are our chances that this new idea will come about. I know uh, one of the common things people want around the beginning of the year is maybe to lose 20 or 30 pounds, right? And then you follow it. So so that's like the New Year's resolution. Some of you are laughing and some of you are scowling. All right, fair enough. So so that's the New Year's resolution. And then I'll check in with them, you know, about this time of year. So how's that going? Oh, well, you know, I got the gym membership, but I never actually went. (laughs) Or, uh, you know, well, I ate better uh, right up until Valentine's Day, and then, you know, that was as far as I got. These are the old wineskins here to haunt us, I'm afraid. It's the people, it's the places, it's the inertia of our own lives. It's our own habits. And even when they don't seem particularly damaging to us, I say take a good look at them. What might, me, what might we actually have to give up in order to embrace a completely new change in our life? Now most of us have something, something in our hearts that we'd either like to experience more of, we'd like to see a fundamental change in our life, we'd like to see a, a change maybe in our attitudes or even in our circumstances. Maybe we want to see more love in our life or to experience more financial freedom. I think all of us have that glimmer, that spirit, that impetus, if you will, to make our lives into something more powerful, more meaningful, more beautiful, more whatever. You fill in the blank. 
But does it just end there? That's my question. Does it just end there? Are we the new wine, but in the old wine bottle? For me, this was hit, I think, particularly home a few years out of college. And a few years out of college, I had gotten my first job at the telephone company making minimum wage. And I remember, I would, it felt like, anyway, I was poor as dirt. <laughs> I was trying to have my own apartment, which didn't, totally didn't work. I had to end up getting a roommate. And you know, here I'd moved from the small town into the big city with ideas of you know, making my fortune. And here I was at minimum wage, you know, typing into a computer all day. Oh, it was dreadful. And what I realized fairly soon into that was really the only thing that was dreadful was me. The only thing that was dreadful was my own thoughts of lack and limitation. What was holding me down was not a minimum wage paying job because readily I ended up getting a promotion and earning more and the job uh, was fairly well unionized which was a good thing in that particular job because there were steady pay increases and bonuses and things like that. And it wasn't about the money at all. It was my own thought of, oh, entry-level job, this must be horrible. Oh, you know, I need to live in a certain kind of an apartment to be happy. It was me. It was me making me feel like lack, like hopelessness. Okay, I, and don't ask me how it dawned on me one day, but I think it was from hanging out with some different people at work. Because initially I was hanging out with the other people in my job that had been just hired off the street and we were all used to have our breaks together and what did we do? We would compare our miserable lives. <laughs> what I figured out was I had to let go of this. If I was going to experience something greater, if I was going to experience more abundance, if I was going to feel more free, more confident in my own life, I needed to start hanging out with people that felt that way about their lives. And as simple as taking my 15-minute breaks twice a day with a different group of people, I felt my own self-worth rise. I felt my own ability, my own confidence level, my own interest in life rise with it. No more was I complaining about weird things that happened to work. Instead, we were celebrating our own lives on our breaks. We were talking about the wonderful things that were happening in our families. We were talking about uh, minor little victories at work. Instead of complaining, we were in that place of celebration, that place of upliftment. But... I had to let go of some of those friends I had made, some of those early on friends at the telephone company. I still see them, you know, 30 years later, now and then, I'll go to a, a reunion of sorts and still see them. I'm still friendly with them, but I could no longer really think of them as my friends. If I did, it was hanging out with that old wineskin. So today, uh, Reverend Sharon and one of our practitioners, Kate Barrett, and I are going to offer something special to you all. We're going to do a little dedication ceremony. And to do this, I'm going to lead you in a very short guided meditation. Sharon and, and Kate, you can even come up and start preparing, because I, I do need to tell you sort of the mechanics about how it's going to work here. We're going to invite each one of you 
to come up with whatever the new wine in your own life is. Something that you want to be different, something that you want to change, something you want to see more of, some kind of a transformational element that you want to find in your own life. I'm going to guide you in that process in a minute. And then we're going to ask you to come forward and share, <laughs> as we do some logistics here, and Sharon and Kate and I, with a rose, are going to bless your intentions for change. We're going to bless your best thoughts around what is good and alive and wholesome and perfect in your own lives. Okay. Just a minute here while we get ready. And the members of the choir are going to help us uh, anchor this in a musical way as well as a speaking way. So now I invite you to just close your eyes for a moment. Just allow the peace of this day to settle down upon you. Let go of thoughts of busyness or perhaps what you're going to do after the service today. Just let that go for a moment. And imagine, if you would, an idealized version of yourself, an idealized version of your own life. If there's something that you want to change in your life, think about that. If there's maybe an old habit that you want to give up, think about that. Is there something new that's waiting to be born in you? Greater elevations of creativity, of peace, of love. Is your heart perhaps ready to open in a new and more fundamental way? Is the goodness of life just around the corner for you? What would that look like? What would the senses tell you about this newness that you might choose to experience in your own life? And now as that's coming to you, I'd like if you could to summarize it in just a word or two. Maybe it's something as simple as more love. Maybe it's something as straightforward as financial freedom. Maybe it's as compelling as a peaceful household. Or something as sweet as more joy. Whatever it is, just hold it in your mind. Know with me that this coming year, this thought, this new idea, this impetus for change is going to be anchored. It's going to be working in you even as the grape juice turns into wine through the process of fermentation. I know that your minds are absolutely fertile ground and that as the co-creator of all things, God will work in you, as you, and through you to bring about this change, this newness.